Welcome to The Launch, the podcast sponsored by Tandem Launch, where we talk about tech, startups, entrepreneurship, and everything in between. We give you the inside scoop on building a startup, capital fundraising, the entrepreneurial journey, with both funny and impactful stories. This podcast is for budding entrepreneurs, ecosystem players, industry folks, venture capitalists looking for deals, students considering a career in the startup world, or anyone with a curiosity in Deepak. If you have a research background in tech and always wanted to build your own startup, then check out our website, www.tenemlaunch.com, or hit us up on LinkedIn. Let's build the future together. And now, on with the show. So welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Launch Podcast, sponsored by Tandem Launch. I'm your host, Bobby Bidochka, and today, joining me are the founders of one of Tandem Launch's incubated companies, Lattice. So please welcome Art Mies, Gulkaramne, and Gersimran Seti. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. So let's begin with a bit of background. Uh, so Art Means, let's start with you. Tell us a bit about yourself and how you ended up Tana Watch. Of course. Um, well, first of all, thank you very much uh, for having us uh, on the launch, Bobby. And uh, so I am a electrical and computer engineering uh, graduate, uh, both masters and, uh, and bachelors. And uh, the reason I ended up at Tandem Launch was because I wanted to build my own company in a decade or two. And I thought, you know, now that I have some time on my hand, there's this entrepreneurship training program. Let me give it a try and see if I can learn something from it before I go into the industry and uh, start learning, learning what I need to learn. That's exactly why uh, I went through the entrepreneurship training program. And then while I was in the program, I learned that um, there's actually opportunities to start Uh, building a company right off the bat with Tandem Launch. And so I decided to give it a try. Great. Gersimran, over to you. Thanks. Thanks, Bobby, uh, for having us here. It's it's an absolute pleasure. So um, I I had an unconventional journey at Tandem Launch. Um, I joined uh, the Lattice Venture uh, as it was, you know, still in its infancy, um, but then I directly joined as a co-founder and yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to start something of my own. I'll get to a few examples of when I actually have tried a few times and failed. Um, but then I was always under the impression that I had to have capital. I had to have experience. I had to have an idea and somehow those theories were true, but yet also proven false as, as I, uh, made my journey through Tandem Launch. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm also an electrical and computer engineering grad. I graduated from the University of Toronto, uh, worked at Apple for a year, worked at a startup company in Toronto for another eight, seven months, uh, figured out that I could do that better than what was being done there and, and decided to come up here in Montreal and then founded Lattice with Artmes. Amazing. Yeah, it is true. You know, people think, uh, and, and rightfully so, okay, I'm going to graduate. My, my choices are stay in academia and become a researcher or leave academia and join uh, industry or start my own company. And they don't realize this is actually a fourth option where you could still start your own company, but, you know, not necessarily with, with your own idea. Cause there's some people that are just so great, but they don't have like that magical idea, but, that's what Tandem Launch comes in. So we've got the ideas here. Okay, great. So then um, 
so that's a great segue actually to to my next question, because I do hear um, a lot from aspiring entrepreneurs that they think that they have to go to industry um, for a few years and like it's critical before that they can start their own thing. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, this question can really manifest itself in, I guess, because um, I came directly from academia. So um, right after I graduated uh, from my master's degree, I came across the program that I was talking about, the entrepreneurship training program that Tana Launch had. And so I, I joined Tana Launch right after that. And for me, it was more that I would need decades of experience in the industry before I could start my own company. So I guess I was one of those people that talked to you, Bobby, and, and asked you that question. And um, maybe it would make a, a lot of things easier um, if you want to start your own company on your own, if you um, learned a bunch of things, whether on the technical side or on the management side and all of that. But uh, what I've found so far is that I can, I don't need to make a lot of the same mistakes myself. I can learn from other people's mistakes. And that's where Tenel Launch came in for me. Um, so I can, I have these uh, regular mentorship sessions with the core team members at Tenem Launch. And uh, I can kind of learn from what other ventures have done, what those individuals themselves have done in their previous ventures. And so I can kind of learn from that collective uh, wisdom uh, that everyone has. Um, and then from a, a technical perspective, having um, more experience on the technical side, I don't think I'm really uh, missing out from the industry um, because when you're building your own company, when especially at the, at the beginning, when it's just, just two of you, everyone needs to take care of everything. Like you wear so many hats um, that you just gain so much experience um, that it, you know, I don't know if I would have gained this much experience if I went into the industry in the first year, at least. Like, I feel like I have maybe five years of experience at this point, <laughs> even though it's just been about a year. Um, so yeah, there's my answer for that. Maybe I can add a bit to that. Um, so I think research experience is almost like work experience. Both Artemis and I went through a research intensive degree. And as you go through that, you're basically working full time. I, I would even consider that working two jobs because I was clearly working 70, 80 hours a week at the end of my program. And then I did go into some uh, industrial jobs basically and then i did pick up a lot of um, important things there but in my opinion if you come in with zero experience i think that is uh, a blank slate and so you can you know start afresh you can you can you don't have any industrial baggage of how things should be done you can you're more open to learning new things so i think um having this maybe one or two years of experience did help me a lot in the technology perspective but um, it was good uh, because I didn't have all that uh, baggage on, uh, um, when we were interviewing a few candidates that these people seem to be so set in their views that learning new things uh, on a breakneck pace becomes harder, actually. Yeah, setting your views is quite antithetical to uh, the startup world, that's for sure. So speaking of startups, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about uh, Lattice, what's going on there? So, um, so what we're... Uh, basically building our smart antennas. Uh, we're trying to, uh, we have a, not trying to, we actually do have a new antenna design um, that is very different um, from anything that's already existed in the industry. There has been work done on it uh, at the uh, academic level, which is actually where our technology comes from, is from the University of Toronto, work that, that was done there, um, actually in the same group that Grisimran is from at University of Toronto. And so um, basically what 
everybody knows of, from antennas is that um, they kind of listen in the same direction uh, that they speak in. And it's not just the direction that they're um, send, uh, sending and transmitting in is the same, but also all the other properties of the signal that's being transmitted and received are the exact same. Um, but what we have in our um, new antenna design is that these two can be completely different. So um, th there is some similar work that you could think of where um, they would kind of look at either the transmitter that receives signal and kind of divide it into two and then say, you know, we'll deal with one of it in one direction we'll deal with the other one in the other direction or different frequencies or at different times. But with our technology, we actually have two completely separate signals. And so that's why we can give either the transmit or the receive totally different properties. And so that uh, opens up a lot of new um, ways for us to deal with um, any kind of signal. And that's what's actually really exciting about our technology is that it's agnostic to um, the protocol and the modulation scheme that's being used. So as long as the, the, the surfaces that we have, the antennas that we have are designed for a certain frequency, you can use them, whether it's a Wi-Fi uh, protocol or um, a cellular. Um, so yeah. So uh, Artemis, you alluded to um, you know us being able to communicate at the same time at the same frequency, and that's enabled by our crown jewel, which is non-reciprocity. So non-reciprocity is the ability of an antenna to, um, as you mentioned, listen in one direction and then transmit in the other direction. So this is a fundamental paradigm shift that Lattice brings to uh, antenna design. We basically, um, reciprocity is a direct function of the time uh, time reciprocity that's that's a that's a, a manifestation of the Maxwell's equations and so these are antennas that have been engineered to manipulate the incident radiation on them and then redirect them where they're needed and only um, on the directionality as as we need them for um, so if we only want transmit signals to go and not the receive ones uh, we are able to suppress that interference in real time with physical level repeaters, essentially. So, yeah, and we've gained a lot of traction, um, in, especially in 5G, in industrial automation and IIoT. That's where uh, this new paradigm is, is being picked up and, and uh, you know, is, is creating more uh, wireless efficiency. So if you're going to explain this to, say, a maybe not a five-year-old, but a, a Bobby-year-old. <laughs> so, you know, what are the, what's a use case that I might understand or um, a client, like let's say your ideal client would be so-and-so and they would put this here and that would have an effect on me in what way? Okay, so maybe I can try to explain this uh, in, uh, in the Wi-Fi frequency range, which you and everybody else listening or watching has a lot of experience with. Um, so Wi-Fi uh, routers will usually broadcast signals in all directions in the space. So you put a Wi-Fi router down in your living room and you have a signal, whether you're upstairs or in, you know, across the, the living room, anywhere you are. But what we have in mind is that um, with our beam directionality and a bunch of other properties that we have. I won't get too technical um, because I'm explaining this to a Bobby year old. I don't know how, how old uh, Bobby would be, would be to um, that uh, the beam would know where you are and it would 
follow you directly um, around. Yeah. And so um, that's one of the, the things that our technology can do. Another thing is that you can dedicate an area to it. For example, let's say you're in your office and you place your desk by the window and you know that your desk is going to be there and you want very good Wi-Fi connection around your desk. So you would make that a hot zone. And um, but you don't want, for example, the nursery, um, the uh, next room over to have any kind of Wi-Fi signal going to it. And so you can make that a quiet zone, um, that type of thing. It's not exactly like I explained it, um, but this would kind of be um, a, a use case that you could think of at home. Now, the what we have in mind for Lattice, at least for the initial products, is for it to be used, like Ursaman was mentioning, mostly in industrial IoT, Industry 4.0. Um, but um, this would kind of be an example if it were to be used at home. Um, yeah, no, that's helpful. Now, now I kind of get it. So instead of it sort of being ambient, it's like very specific to where it's going to yeah. go, and I, I assume that makes it more efficient. Yeah. So that's and amazing. stronger. Yeah, and stronger. Yes. Um, so, Gisimran, you brought up 5G. Can we talk a bit about the hysteria surrounding 5G and, like, what is this all about and why are people so concerned about it? Yeah, the, the, the reason people are concerned about it is actually on the scientific community themselves. Um, I feel like communication is, um, is an important part of being a good scientist, to be able to convey your ideas simply. Um, and in a, in, in a way that will be understood by people is important. And I think the hysteria, I mean, COVID aside, I mean, I would put that into the, the conspiracy camp. But even, even before that, there was a lot of hysteria on radiation um, and how that could affect. And there are certain studies that show that there could be some potential issues. Um, but then these are not communicated well. And some of this data is cherry picked by some of some, uh, you know, websites that are trying to proliferate uh, scientific misknowledge, I guess. Um, and so it is then the onus, the onus lies on the academic community and us as well, the technology community to actually communicate these ideas in such a way that, that it does not create that hysteria. Um, and so I think uh, at Lattice, we're trying to do that as much as we can by giving you examples of listening and hearing at the same time uh, of maybe highways of communication, traffic highways. Um, and yeah, I mean, so I think that the biggest concern is uh, radiation and maybe I can help dispel some of that. Uh, ionic radiation is the radiation that is able to knock off electrons off of your DNA. That happens at x-rays, very, very, very high frequencies. Um, the frequencies that 5G plans to operate on is a few gigahertz higher than what we already use. And so that will not affect your DNA. What it could do um, in the very long run is if you keep your phone against your heads. And I worked at Apple myself. We do extensive testing um, of, uh, you know, human heads and models and how to optimize the performance of these. And, and a lot of these things are kind of hidden behind iron curtains. Um, and so I think, again, the onus is on us as technologists to spread information and not misinformation. Great. Okay, good. I mean, it just seemed a bit odd because like, okay, we went from, I don't know if we started at 1G, but I remember they had 3G, 4G, and suddenly 5G. Oh my God. I'm like, but what, what, what was wrong with the other Gs? And uh, how bad could that be? Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a 
bit of a so, um, just a quick note that those G's don't stand for giga, they stand for generation. So the, there was a first generation of wireless communication and now we're at the fifth generation of wireless communication. It, it, the G's don't actually uh, in their name tell you what frequency that uh, wireless communication is happening at, what part of the spectrum. But the plan for 5G is to have a, a section of it in the sub six gigahertz range and then in the um, higher frequency range. But that you actually pointed to, a, to something really valuable. And that is that we use terminology that um, kind of makes sense to us because uh, the, those of us that know the acronyms, but then we don't explain it well. Like we say 5G and then um, we mean five, fifth generation, but we don't say it. And maybe some people think it means five gigahertz, or maybe they think that it means five gigabytes. Um, who knows? Um, yeah. so we need to get better at that. At, at, you know, all of us, the academics um, and industry, everyone. Yeah, because then people tend to fill in the gaps. And when people are left to fill in the gaps, well, more often than not, they fill them in, in you know, uh, in incorrect and often like erroneous kinds of ways. So then, um, so let's move uh, the conversation a little bit more towards the RF uh, vertical. Um, so in your opinions and what you've observed, what are the latest advances um, and where does Lattice fit on that spectrum? Pun on purpose. Right, so there are different chains in the RF ecosystem. There is the baseband, which is the processing. Uh, or the computers part of, or chips part of the wireless chain. Then there is the front ends, the RF front ends. And then there's antennas. So, so far, all the innovation has happened in the first two camps. So the chips, the baseband, the RF front ends, a lot of information, a lot of attention has been on this sector. Antennas have always been thought of these dumb parasitic um, components that suck energy out of the system. At Lattice, we are hoping that you will rethink that paradigm. Uh, we are incorporating a lot of active components uh, and a lot of processing that would go into uh, the radio baselines, but on the antenna level, which is why we're called Lattice Intelligence. We're bringing intelligence to antennas so that these physical layer repeaters can be deployed in already existing systems and the systems of the future. So, Artemis, do you wanna do you wanna talk more about uh, you know how we're bringing intelligence to the antennas? Yeah, we had this question one time that we said we're bringing intelligence uh, to the antennas, and uh, we got stopped right at the beginning of our pitch saying, uh, "What do you mean? What kind of intelligence? Um, how, how is your how are your antennas smart?" Um, so, uh, like Chris Ramon mentioned, we're actually bringing intelligence to them by giving them. Uh, a more, more know-how from the radio level without technically adding every single component that is at the, at the radio level. We're kind of giving them the properties, these properties that are embedded into the antenna without specifically adding those components into uh, the antenna. And so, uh, and from, you know, the, the kind of way that we're designing these antennas, they will be intelligent because like I was mentioning, they will know where you are and follow you around as you're moving around. So there's that aspect of it as well. But to go back to your original question about um, where you know RF is going um, and uh, where do we see ourselves in there? So the two big things that are happening right now for, with RF are 5G and IoT. And we've heard those two terms for a while now. Um, they mm -hmm. were supposed to be deployed um, you know, in 2019 and then 
2020 and then 2023. And now uh, we are expecting them to be to, for 5G to be fully rolled out by 2027. And so we want to be uh, part of that ecosystem we want to be uh, a solution an enabling product and enabling you know technology into both of those spaces industrial iot iot uh, which by the way for anyone listening or watching doesn't know who, what that is um, they are basically uh, what we can use to um, connect a bunch of different devices that are technically considered smart uh, these could be thermostats that you have at home, they could be your phone, any uh, smart speakers you have uh, at home. So all of these being connected, they would uh, make a, an IoT network. And so these could also have applications uh, in the industry, uh, for example, a smart factory, an autom fully automated smart factory. And then we also have 5G, uh, which as we discussed, is the fifth generation of wireless communication, cellular um, communication. Uh, and then there is a, a hybrid of these two. So uh, 5G um, kind of small cell, private 5G that um, Industry 4.0 uh, will be gearing towards. Um, and we want to be part of all of it. I want that for you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So our our, our Protocol and modulation agnostic uh, products will actually allow us to be part of all of that um, because we don't necessarily care what kind of packet is being sent. We can, our repeaters can actually make any kind of uh, signal stronger and more efficient uh, because we work at the physical layer. Okay, so for our folks at home, um, and maybe this is the, a bit of an off topic question, but why would I want all of my devices? connected what what how does that benefit my life if my smart fridge and my cell phone and my thermostat are all connected um that's a really good question why would you um why would you uh, let social media have access to all of your data i think um at least for a regular consumer a lot of it comes down to convenience um what data they can gather from you can kind of um tailor advertisements to you or if you don't need to open your fridge and see that you need to buy milk and your fridge orders for you maybe that's more convenient or your thermostat knows that you're away so it uh, self-adjusts um for, for the temperature and all of that but for the industry um for you know smart factories and all of that it's a lot more critical than just convenience uh for them it's a the difference between a machine failing um, and no one, nobody knowing about it and not being able to fix it because they don't know exactly which machine it was that failed or what caused that failure um, to where they can kind of predict that that fa specific failure is going to happen and they can schedule a regular maintenance and go in and fix it. So um, that that is actually, it becomes a lot more critical when you think about it uh, from the industry's perspective as compared to a regular consumer. Yeah, because they're so massive manufacturing plants. Yeah. Okay, great. Love it. Um, so uh, between the two of you, uh, so whoever wants to go first, if you're going to give advice to an entrepreneur um, or an aspirational entrepreneur thinking, you know, where you work, hey, I think I want to do this. Um, what would be, I guess, the, the things that you, you thought you didn't think would be great and they ended up being great and the things that you thought uh, you never thought of it and you hit them. You're like, whoa, I wish somebody would have warned me about this. So just in general, um, one thing I've I've learned so far is that um, I've heard from a lot of people that they want to have their own startup because um, they want to 
do what they like to do. They don't want to be bossed around or told what to do and all of that. And what I've learned so far is that, <laughs> sure, maybe you'll get to do what you like to do. For sure, you will get to do what you want to do. Um, but you also have to do a lot of other things that you may not have thought of or may not specifically love to do. Um, and so uh, that's something to keep in mind is that when it's your company, when it's your baby, you got to take care of it. You got to, you know, take care of everything that it needs done. And it depends on you and its livelihood will de depend on you. So it's not, it's let, it becomes a little bit less about you and more about what needs to get done. Um, but from a personal experience perspective, um, I guess I would have to go back to the first point when we uh, first started chatting is that um, I really thought that I would need a lot more experience. And like Grace Imran was mentioning, more capital, and I would need to have my own idea and all of that uh, to, to start my own company. And then as, the, as time goes on, I, I can see that a lot of um, that I can get very specific training for. Um, and so I didn't necessarily need all of that to, to begin my journey. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't wait another 25 years before I, I dipped my toes into the entrepreneurship sea. I guess. Me too. I think, in my opinion, I think the whole journey of starting your own company sounds really daunting. And I failed twice, as I mentioned, <laughs> um, trying to do that. Um, it, it's daunting because there are so many moving parts. There's so many moving things. And, and you think that who is going to set the technology vision? Who is going to do the product vision? Who is going to uh, hire people, who's going to manage people. And so all of these things, when they're clumped together, they're, they're, they're basically like this uh, bundle of chaos. Um, and it can seem so daunting um, and beyond your control. But, but if you find a platform for yourself um, or, or get the right amount of coaching the right, uh, from the right sources, you can actually detangle. And that's what happened with both, I think, me and Artemis. I can... Uh, this is something I can speak for Artemis for is because we've shared this experience so much is um, we both thought that this would be a daunting, challenging task. Uh, but the platform that Tandem Launch gave us to understand uh, what a technology roadmap is or what a venture pitch is, um, all these things, they sound extremely, extremely daunting. So, so what I would recommend anyone um, listening to this is, you know, reach out to the right people and, and, Try to get that mentorship uh, because once you understand the language, I think things become much easier in your own head. And then they, they then become more of an execution thing that you have to do than something that you have to brainstorm or, or workshop over. Great. Love it. Thank you. Um, so just to wrap up. Um, so I know you've, you're going to be going on a fundraising uh, expedition soon. So any investors listening, please do reach out um, and have a little conversation. But other than that, do, what else are you looking for um, from the community? Are you hiring or what do you need? So what is your ask? Yeah, we for sure want to grow our team. And uh, for anyone listening, investors, uh, excited entrepreneurs, engineers, anyone, uh, technologists, you can reach us at team at lattice.ca. And then you can also visit our website, lattice.ca. Um, That's L-A-T-Y-S dot C-A. Um, yes. Right if you didn't notice, <laughs> yeah, we've got it on our shirts. Yeah. Yes. yes. 
Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much, uh, Art Mies and Simran for joining us and jamming about your startup and sharing your valuable insights to our community. And thank you very much to our loyal listeners. Your time is always appreciated. You can follow us on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget, if you have a technical background and you want to create your own startup, hit me up on LinkedIn and I can tell you all about the incredible opportunities at Tandem Lunch. Thank you for listening. We hope you had fun and gained valuable insights. Why don't you subscribe to the Launch Podcast today? You can share the podcast, tell a friend, and follow us on social media. If you have a research background in tech and always wanted to build your own startup, then check out our website, www.tandemlaunch.com, and get in touch today.